And I'm concerned for the future of the church. What's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to this church? What's going to happen to the young pastors? If we continue to study the Word of God, not only do we become convicted, but the church grows as you teach the Word of God. That's what the Bible teaches. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're happy to have you with us for Raul's continuing study of the book of Acts, an inspiring book assuring us of the Holy Spirit's guidance and empowerment in our lives. Stay with us for encouragement to follow in the footsteps of the early Christians Stephen and Philip, who fully surrendered to God and selflessly followed the Spirit's leading. Let's dive into the teaching with Raul Reese. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Acts chapter 6. You know, in reading the book of Acts, it's incredible how God raises a church and the condition of the church. And then, of course, not only the condition, but the way church grows in numbers. And those churches, when the first time that uh, Peter, out of the day of Pentecost, remember Peter got up and preached the word of God. At the end of that, it says that 3,000 people were added to the church. Today, we look at the church, and I am concerned with the church. I grew up in a time when the church was being increased all the time. I was learning God's word all the time. People were witnessing to other people. People were doing all these things that they didn't really have to be taught or have to be told. They did it because the Holy Spirit was telling them what to do. And I'm concerned for the future of the church. What's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to this church? What's going to happen to the young pastors? If we continue to study the Word of God, not only do we become convicted, But the church grows as you teach the word of God. That's what the Bible teaches. The people begin to grow spiritually and want to be used by God. I love that. When you begin to grow spiritually, you say, okay, God, how can you use my life? I'm available. How do you want to use me? Where do you want to send me? And I will go. We need to come to that place like in the book of Acts where the church not only is growing, developing spiritually, But the problem also has problems. Also has problems. They had a problem in chapter 6. The widows were being neglected. There were Grecians that believed in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Bible. And on the other side, you had the Hebrews that believed not only in the Hebrew Bible, but they were trying to do what was right, and yet something was lacking there in the church, and there was people... Praying and paying attention to the widows, those that had no husbands, and they were being neglected. I would pray that in this church, none of us would be neglected. None of us. The book of Acts teaches us about spirituality, the requirements that are given to us through the word of God. 
There's five qualifications that we are required. Number one, these helpers were mere men. They were not special people in the church. These were common people, just like you and I, helpers. Secondly, they had to be believers among, he says, among you, no outsider were to take part of this. They're all the church stuck together. The problem was within the church, not outside of the church. The apostles were busy, and it happens. They were busy doing the right thing, teaching the word of God and praying, which is really important in the body of Christ. When they saw the need, they realized that they had neglected the people. They should have been sensitive. And there's a lot of times as pastors, we're not sensitive to people's needs. So somebody will come along and say, did you hear about so-and-so? Or did you see so-and-so? And you go, no, I really didn't. And then you look at that person and you go, how could I have ever missed that person? For what they were going through. Why wasn't I sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Well, the problem a lot of times we're too busy with self. The disciples were men of the word, men of prayer. And when they saw the situation, the problem, immediately they took care of it. They didn't want to see a division. But they wanted to keep the body united. They had to be reputable. That means they had to be honest of report. They couldn't lie. This is who I am. This is what I've done. And this is what I'm going to be doing. Public testimony had to be certified. Notice by doing what? First Timothy 3.7 says, Moreover, he must be a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Speaking of deacons, people who get involved in ministry. You might not be a deacon. You might not be a pastor, but you are part of the body of Christ. You're our brother, you're our sister. And because we are part of the body of Christ, not because we have a special office that we should care for one another, that we should care for one another, even as Christ cares for me, he will care for you. So important. And I think that when you look at the body of Christ today, why isn't the body of Christ being sensitive to the needs of the people within the church? Especially when God has blessed you. And I think that the disciples at this particular moment, coming together, as we'll see in a moment, that not only the Holy Spirit had been moving, but later on you'll see where Peter say, look you guys, we're going to give ourselves to the word of God and to prayer. You look among yourselves for seven men that you can trust. Seven men that can take care of the body of Christ. And it pleased the people what the disciples had said to these people. This is what we're going to do. So now we see the story we come to in chapter 6, verse 1, he begins. Now you've got to understand that Satan is always trying to break up the body of Christ. Remember that. To break up your family, to break up this church to bring divisions in this church, to do everything possible so that church will no longer be here as so many churches are no longer where they're supposed to be. So he begins in verse 1. He says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, you notice it wasn't being subtraction, it was multiplying. The number of the disciples were growing, a growing church. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. Those were the Greek. 
Because their widows were being neglected in their daily distribution. They were not being taken care of by the church. That was the problem. Being taken care of by the church. Now, you see that word disciples here? Let me read a couple things I wrote down here. Uh, Number one, the disciple word means what is only to be found for the first time here in the book of Acts. First time you find the word disciple in chapter 6, verse 1. Secondly, the word means what? To be a learner. To become a learner in Jesus Christ. Thirdly, in Acts, 28 times it is found referring to who? To Christians. 28 times to Christians, believers. And then... Elsewhere, in the book of Acts, they're called saints, Christians, brethren, Nazarites, as we see through the book of Acts. And disciples not only are mostly learning about Christ and Christ working in their lives, but they're characteristic to become Christians. Be holy as I am holy, the scripture says. They need to be loving. They need to be kind. They need to be spiritual, not carnal. And then you have the word that is used to your disciples, which perhaps most Christians might not like that word. Because in the book of Acts, you'll see in a moment, they were called the way. The way the Christians were called in the book of Acts in the first century. Now, you'll see in a moment here, the widows. The word widows appears nine times in Luke's gospel, three times also in the book of Acts. Widows. The word complaint In the Greek means, the sound of the Greek word suggests the buzzing of bees in a nest. The buzzing of bees in a nest. The word complain. And then the widows were being neglected from what daily distribution. Now let me go back to verse 1 again. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying... There arose a complaint against the Hebrews. Now, when Calvary Chapel began to grow, we started with seven people, we grew to 15, we grew to 100, and just like Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, we began to grow. Never wanted a big church. But what we began to see is that on Friday nights, we get together and we pray. We used to go to my friend Dave Schroeder's house with Dale and all of us, and we spent all night Friday night praying. In the morning, we would have breakfast together. We would go home, and then again on Sunday morning, we get together, we pray, have the service, and throughout the week, we would go to Costa Mesa, Calvary Chapel, to hear Pastor Chuck on Thursday nights, go to the concerts on Saturday nights. But we were connected. We were connected in the Lord. And God was trying to get these people not only together, but he wanted them also to understand that as the church would begin to develop, begin to grow in numbers, that there was going to be a situation, there was going to be a problem, so there had to be order in the church. You have to raise up deacons in order to have a healthy church. And so here God uses this situation, this problem, to make the people aware of other people's needs. Other people's needs. Are you and I aware of other people's needs? Who is being neglected in this church? That we really haven't been paying attention that they have a need in their lives. And I guess that as you look at the scripture, as he talks about here, the Hellenists and the Hebrews, 
They came together and they were not really getting along together. But when they began to see the situation, the problem, as the disciples got together or the apostles got together, all of a sudden it brought everyone into oneness and it brought them into the peace of God that passes all understanding. You notice that it says, because their widows were neglected in daily distribution. Every single day, people have to be taken care of, spiritually and physically. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For biblically instructive resources to help guide you in a God-glorifying life, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also join Rawl on his YouTube channel for Straight Talk every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Let's continue now with the final part of today's study. And then he says in verse 2, And the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, So here, the importance here is that God's word is a priority. God's word's a priority. Notice what he says. And then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, Okay, you guys, we want to talk to you guys. He says, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Well, you say, well, that's not right. Why should we serve tables? And you should not be serving tables. Are you better than us? You notice here that the 12 summoned the multitude of people because they wanted to stop not only the complaint, the murmur, but division. To let them know what God had called them to do. He says that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Now, I wrote a couple of things that I want to read to you. Number one, the word that he uses here to leave is to forsake. To serve tables, it means to preside at the bench or counter where the money was distributed. And then it says, one of the problems in so many churches is that they neglect the teaching of God's word and prayer. And they entertain people and not teach them God's word and how to be a Christian. And that is so true. There's no teaching of God's word. And yet God has called us not only to teach the word of God, but to pray together to honor the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But serving tables also is to become a servant. It's better to serve. It's better to serve than to be served. I think that's important. Remember Jesus in the book of John's gospel, in chapter 13, that he knew that he was going to be leaving. He was going to be killed. He was going to be martyred. And he realized that there was one among them. There was a Judas. There was actually uh, one of the guys that uh, by the name of Judas, there was a traitor. He betrayed Jesus. But before he went to the cross, he wanted to see how many of them were servants. So they came into the house. They went upstairs. They reclined on the table. They sat on pillows. And the Lord went, got a towel, put it around his waist, got a towel, and then he got a basin of water, And he went over to the disciples as they were sitting down on the pillows, reclining, and he started to wash their feet. And they started looking at each other. And when he came to Peter, remember, he says, Peter said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And the Lord says, hey, Peter, if I can't wash your feet, then you can be my disciple. He said, Lord, give me a shower the whole way. Give me whatever you want to give me. And he became a servant. 
He became a servant to the disciples, recognizing and knowing that he's on the way to the cross, teaching them, you guys, if you want to be disciples, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, become a slave of all. Become a slave of all. And this is exactly what these guys were doing. They were serving. But because of the prayer, because of the teaching of the word of God and the things that they had to do as leaders, they began to pray and to look for seven people, seven men that would become helpers to them and helping them to take care of the body of Christ. Verse 3, he says, And therefore, because of this, what just took place, therefore, brethren, Notice, spiritual brothers. Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, number one. Number two, full of the Holy Spirit. Number three, wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. What business? Taking care of the people. Taking care of the people. So important to take care of you. To take care of you as the body of Jesus Christ. You know, see, we as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we need to realize that we're not here to be alone. But we're here together. Recognizing that I have been saved. Recognizing that the Holy Spirit has baptized me. But then also as I choose people to help me. To help me in ministry As he says here, they have to be what? Good reputation. Do people have a good reputation? Full of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom. Who may we appoint over this business. And and the qualifications that are given here, it could be that seven men in the congregation, that he chose seven men out of the congregation as leaders or pastors. But the qualification... For any ministry, the qualification even for being a Christian is to be a man or woman of good reputation. What do people think of you? What do they know about you? Because you can stand up and say, well, I'm going to be helping in the church. And they'll say, well, why are you going to help? We know your life. We know what you do in your private home. But you see, that's why it says to be blameless. To be blameless. We need to be careful. That nobody can point their finger on me and say, this is what they're doing. We have to be blameless. Of good reputation. People can ask you and they say, oh yeah, I've known him for 20 or 30 years. And let me say this, he is a man of integrity. She is a woman of integrity. You can trust them. Good reputation. Full of the Holy Spirit. I love that. Being full of the Holy Spirit, not just on Sundays or Wednesdays. Being full of the Holy Spirit every single day. Remember Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, remember they began to speak in tongues and the Lord gave them power. Not only to teach, to preach, but to witness. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Look at each one of us here tonight. Thus on Sunday morning, we have the power to be witnesses because we're of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and because God has filled us with his wisdom. His wisdom that is given to each one of us where the wisdom of God comes through the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. This is the first time applied to Christians, the word brethren here. 
spiritual brothers, it's used 34 times in the book of Acts and also in the epistles. 34 times with the book of Acts and the epistles. And then he says in verse 4, he continues on to say, but we, but we, notice the ministry of the apostles, but we will give ourselves part-time continually to prayer every single day to prayer. But that's not only for them, but that's for everybody. Prayer every single day. But I love the way he does it here. Because he says prayer to the ministry of the word of God. It sounds like Calvary Chapel. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word of God. The importance of prayer and the importance of the word of God. Once a month we get together here on Sunday night and we worship and we pray. But we should pray on our own every single day. He goes on to say verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. Notice there's unity now. It pleased them. Hey, that's a good thing you've assured with us. That's wisdom. And it pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen. Remember that name, Stephen. A man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Mark that for each one of us individually. Look who God is choosing. He chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit. And Philip, Procurius, Nicor, Timon, Perimnes, Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. Now, Stephen will become the first martyr. But Stephen was a person that not only knew how to die to himself, he knew that. Philip, He'll become an evangelist. The Lord will use him and his daughters in ministry. These were men that could be trusted. These were men that were full of the Holy Spirit. These were men that were not thinking about themselves, but they were thinking of other people. They were not self-centered, Christ-centered. That's the kind of men that you want to have in your church, in your ministry. Recognize and knowing, hey, these people will do anything for Christ. Anything for Christ. And you know what's so cool that Peter and the disciples, when they did this, they were so joyous within themselves, he says, whom they said before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Notice, ordaining to serve. So notice what it says. They prayed for them. They laid hands on them as they prayed. You know, many times when you pray for someone, the book of Timothy says, don't lay hands on any man suddenly. So when you're going to lay on a hands on a person, make sure you know who they are. How long they've been on the Lord. What is their situation? What is their problem? Then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Look what the word of God did. It brought more people into the kingdom. Every time you read in the book of Acts, and the number of the disciples were multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. They came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Josephus says there were 20,000 priests in his day. 20,000 priests in his day in Jerusalem. 
Can you imagine what it must have been like when the disciples were teaching, preaching, and the Lord was using them to heal, and all of a sudden these priests came and by obedience and faith in Jesus Christ, they began to do what Christ said to do in the kingdom of God. Today, as you think about the humble beginnings and far-reaching ministries of Philip and Stephen, we hope you'll feel a fresh sense of confidence in serving the Lord and sharing His gospel. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Acts chapter 6. We'll send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Now, to equip you with even more confidence-boosting insight into how the Holy Spirit can work through you, we'd like to offer you a four-message study from Rawl. Available on both CD and a USB thumb drive, this series brings clarity to the Holy Spirit's role as your helper, teacher, comforter, and guide. You'll see that by His strength and with His wisdom, you can accomplish kingdom-building work for the Lord. To order this reassuring study, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your four-message Holy Spirit series on a flash drive for a gift of $12 or a CD pack for $19. Once again, the number is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your generous donations help us keep sharing the good news of Jesus. Thanks so much for your partnership. Next time, we'll continue with more from the Book of Acts. Further reflecting on Stephen's remarkable ministry path, you'll see how the Holy Spirit stirred this former table server to boldly testify of God's faithfulness and call others to salvation. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.